Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 21, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, I have a laundry list of stuff to discuss from the head and shoulders pattern on the daily chart, which we'll talk about in a moment. That's the one that the YouTube universe wanted to talk about a little bit early, but today, in fact, it did trigger. We'll circle back to that in a little while. We also have some tinfoil hat stuff going on. Markets trading down into the tinfoil hat stuff. We have an on-time type of situation. We have another number below current price that's an important place for Mrs. Market. We have a whole bunch of things going on, so we're going to lay out the schematic. I'm going to give you everything I got. First, I just want to harken back one more time. We talked about this number ad nauseum. We talked about it day after day after day. The low is 442.46. I said if they give that up, essentially we were saying goodnight, Irene. You fast forward a couple of days and you throw in the Fed Kabuki Theater, and all of a sudden... The S&P's down 100 handles just like that. And let me tell you something else. See this pivot low here? This pivot low was closed below today without nearly a fight. That's an interesting situation. That's a bearish development, notwithstanding all the other stuff. Just in general, doesn't matter if the market goes up a day or two. Maybe it goes up for a few days next week. Closing below that in one fell swoop is a real negative on the tape. Not even backtesting the 100 period moving average today. Another negative on the tape. These are just from a larger picture perspective. There's your bona fide head and shoulders pattern. You have a left shoulder over here. You have a head. You now have a right shoulder that triggered below the neckline today. Now here's the way this works. The target is going to be somewhere down here around 400, 400 something. But it's not going to happen by next Tuesday. What has to happen first is they need to have what's called a bull trap situation. Let me explain that one a little further and put it in more context with some other stuff. We've all seen this chart before and if you haven't, it's all over the interwebs. Just look for phases of a bear market or phases of a market bull and bear and this is what you get. We had the greed, delusion, new paradigm, AI, meme stocks, all that stuff. Now the market topped. Where's that bull trap going to be? You see this bull trap here, this little fish hook, if you will, where it says bull trap and it runs to return to normal. That's when they suck the traders in, the investors in, thinking the market bottomed. We're returning to normal. We're going to make new highs, as the media will say. They already said it before we had this last downturn. Started talking about new highs. Of course they did. But here, it's ripe for one of these situations. And let me go back to the chart. Let's say the market comes down again tomorrow. Maybe even it comes down into Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is. If it goes up tomorrow, here's what we have to watch out for. It's this neckline. We're looking for the bull trap to be a back test of the neckline. Now, I'd rather have them come lower 
and let him rally a little bit better to make it look real good. Let him retest the neckline. And again, it doesn't have to happen in one day. Let's say, and let's go back to some of the stuff we've been talking about. We're going to put this together piece by piece. We have a tinfoil hat event coming up. It's basically the fall equinox. Doesn't mean the market has to turn. It's a period of time where markets have turned on these events in the past. They become awarenesses. So now that we know that and we say, all right, well, the market's been down a while. It's been down into an on-time type of situation tomorrow. The tinfoil hat event occurs over the weekend. So let's say the market goes down into tomorrow. I'm making it up as I go along. All of a sudden, you wake up Monday. There's some kind of news event. They're goosing the tape. They goose the tape for two, three, four days. They get it back up to the neckline. That's an area that a trader can say, hey, they're right at that place. What's the place? The place is which will also coincide with the hardest thing to do is to do the right thing at the right place. The right thing on a rally back up into that neckline would be to short the neckline. How do you know where you're wrong? Any close a back above the neckline and that's it. The trade's over. The head and shoulders pattern that we've all been watching has failed if that happens. Not to say the market can or won't go down after that, but that particular textbook pattern that you can buy in any textbook, trading book under the sun, will have failed by the book. So as long as price stays below and does not close daily back above that neckline, this is an active pattern. How long is it going to take to get down to 400, 40 something? I don't know. They could do it in... Four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, it could take six months. We don't know. One thing we do know, they're not going to make it easy. They're going to have rip-your-face-off rallies in between. The job of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew is to shake out as many traders and investors along the way as they can, get you off the train before the next stop. For now, it's very simple. Bear phase until or unless they close back above the neckline. Period. Full stop. Where's the next important place for the SPY on the way down? For example, what would be a logical intraday price tomorrow provided the market doesn't gap below it, meaning gap down below this price? Well, it's a spike, and we talked about it last night. I put it on the board last night. It's a spike of 428. Call it. 427.90 for argument's sake, give or take. They spike them, they come up short. It's in that area. Now, if they got down there tomorrow and they started bouncing next week, this thing would begin to play out accordingly. But keep this in mind. They rarely ever give you the design like we're talking about now. They never give you the exact schematic that you project happening. These are things that could happen. The market's going to do what she's going to do. I've got some other stuff that I want to get through tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the VIX. We're going to talk about a bond index that we hardly ever talk about. We're going to show some yield charts because I worked out some numbers today. In other words, where are yields going? Well, I think I might have at least some of the answers. We'll circle back to those other charts after we go through inside the numbers. Did anybody make money today inside the numbers and or in the live trading room? 
post it under the video. I know the answer. I want to hear you say it. We started with some follow through. This is posted at zero dark 30. The bull case at the time was getting back to the flat line. That was nowhere close. That wasn't happening today and it didn't happen. That meaning the flat line from yesterday. I gave it one of those more on that scenario if needed. We didn't need it. The downside situation begins with getting below and staying below 436.50. Then you've got 435.50. Once below there, we have other stuff. Let's fast forward and see what the other stuff was. By 932, I'm chomping at the bit. I see the setup. I want to get it on the board for those pre-market traders that want the numbers early. Plus, I can't wait anyway. With volatility comes opportunity. Where is the bounce back in the other direction place? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to think in terms of one of our spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction. It's the zone between a spike of 435 and the next important number, which is 433.85. We think better in pictures. Right of the vertical is today's activity five-minute chart. Low in this candle happens to be 435 on the button. They gave a couple of traders, more than a couple of traders, a scalp up to a bounce off of uh, 435. The high here was 435.64. We're looking for five to seven. They got that. When they came lower, what we said in the live room multiple times is you can play ping pong in here. You can keep buying a spike of the low and rip it back up in the other direction. Traders got it two, three, as many times as they wanted, all the way down to 433.85, which as you can see, even though they did that late in the morning, that was another trade bounce back in the other direction. Here they came up short and it was anywhere from within the zone. They're going to give you the trade. This was the morning trade. This was the one we wanted and they gave it to us handily. Wasn't a tremendous trade, but it was the trade that was available. Look at the narrow range that the market had all day long until she killed him into the close. Once she starts killing him into the close with no time left on the clock, you can't try and pick numbers off that might have been on the board at 8.30 in the morning. Doesn't count. There's two markets. There's the morning business market, and then there's the running out of time on the clock in the afternoon market. Don't take the risk market. It's variable risk you don't need because why it's a morning business it's like a store it's open all day but when you go shopping you go in you get stuff off your list you get out you go on to the next stop or you go back home same thing with the market you go in you get what you need you get your pound of flesh you keep the money in your pocket you go about your business you don't have to stay there all day till four o'clock it's not a blackjack table it's not a casino unfortunately too many people treat it that way that's the problem it's all in here. That was the net net. It was given to you before the opening bell. We knew where the resistance was. The resistance was they had to stay above 435.50. It's all in here. The support, the resistance, the entries, the exits, everything you needed. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. See here, they got to get above 435.50. That breaks the chain of the bearish, flaggish pattern they had going on once the thing got going and the morning creeped on. That's what was developing. So the market's going to always tell you or it's going to at least give you hints and clues as to what's really happening. No bounces, couldn't bounce. They couldn't get anything going. That's it. It was a bearish pattern in development, eating time off the clock. Pause them, read them, double check the work. 
How about stocks on the move? We had three on the board today, Amazon, Cisco, and KB Homes. None of them really worked out. Amazon opened below its first number, but I want to show you something. This is the reason there's a method to the madness. So Amazon's getting its haircut at the opening bell, and the number was 131.95 on the board at zero dark 30. The opening print today was 131.94. Are there any accidents or coincidences? No, there aren't. What that officially does is it takes that number from a trading perspective off the table. 129.40 was the next number on the board. You could see in this candle here, the low was 129.38. They bounced up a little bit, but this is into the end of the day. The trading day is over. Nobody's taken this trade. This was available over here when they were coming down, when there was activity, participation. This is a leaking type of tape. That's not a trader's tape. That's a leaking, creeping tape. So by virtue of having rules of engagement, if you will, if they open below a number, it takes the number off the table. Looks like this. The trade didn't exist, and that was it, and it keeps you at least out of some variable risk you don't need. How do you like Dem Apples? How about the VIX? We talked about it last night. The target was 1730. They hit it right into the close, right after the closing bell today, and they're above it now. I don't know if this thing trades after hours or what, but nevertheless, that was the target. Target doesn't mean short. Target means that's where they're going. That's where they're heading. We'll see what happens the following day. They got to the target. Funny how that works. This is what my other chart looked like on the TradeStation platform into the closing bell. This was snapped at like 4.01. I saw what was going on. They were right at the number. So I snapped it because the trading view chart wasn't at the number at the time. Why is there a difference? I have no idea. Let's look at some yield charts. We'll look at the twos, the fives, and the tens. The two-year yield, 5.282. What does that number represent? Well, that number represents a former high. It's not really a magic number. It's a former high, so are they going to run a test of the double top? They're in the vicinity. Are they going to spike the double top? Are they going to come up short? Are they going to get rejected? We don't know, but that's an important place. We know that because the market ran up to there, and it never looked back, and it hasn't been there ever since. This was 2006. So they're running a test of an important pivot. Whether they get through or not, we can't know in advance, but what if they do? Where's the next number? Well, that work I've done. 5.65. They're in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until what? Until it's over. How about the five-year? 4.855 is what I came up with. There should be a reaction in the other direction. That doesn't have to be a long-term resistance number, but it should be a resistance number for a reaction in the other direction. When you're looking at this stuff long-term, that reaction could be weeks or months. It could be. That's my next number. About the 10-year, 489. It's at the top of the screen. You can't see it. 489 is my next number in the 10-year. The trend is your friend. You let them go up. Once they get there, the media will be on board with yields are going to the moon and all that stuff. And that'll be the time when you'll likely see some kind of petering out, reversal, reaction back down in the other direction. Let the media hop on board even more than they already are. Let them do some kind of an interim blow-off top situation. I think that's what's coming sooner than later. 
I think we're in for a multi-week, maybe multi-month reversal in yields and bonds. This is what's causing a lot of the problems out there. Yields rising, harder to borrow money, the whole concept of the commercial real estate, refinancing's coming, credit card defaults are coming, auto loans are expensive, you can afford less house. All that stuff is a normal cycle when the Fed is not adding but withdrawing liquidity from the market. That's a normal garden variety cycle that we are in the midst of. The stock market does not like that scenario. Earnings contract. They'll bring back the recession discussion, and that's really a bogus discussion because nobody really knows, can feel, or gives a shit whether there's a recession or not unless you're the one, or I'm the one, or you're somebody you know and love is the one that lost their job, their income went away, they're struggling. That's a recession. If you have dual income with a couple of kids and you keep getting raises at work and you have plenty of money, you don't give a shit about a recession. You don't even think about it. So a recession is in the eye of the beholder. Who cares what the government thinks that the economy, the U.S. economy is only growing at 1% versus 2% versus 2.5%. Nobody can feel that, and frankly, they can't even measure that. It's bullshit. And by the way, this is how it works. The market goes down, earnings begin to contract, companies use it as an excuse to do what we call the corporate clean-out slash recession routine. So what they're going to do is start laying off people, reduce their expenses, What's their largest expense, most companies? Human capital. So they want to reduce some expenses, so all of a sudden you'll see layoffs start. And they've already started, obviously, but you'll see more layoffs. They started in the tech space already. You'll see more layoffs. And then what happens is just like buying or selling begets buying or selling, layoffs beget layoffs. So when companies see other companies laying off people, it's a green light, free pass to start laying off 10%, 5%, 12%, 7% of their workforce, whatever they want, nobody bats an eye. And when the consumers are laid off from their jobs, they can spend less money and therefore it becomes a vicious cycle. And that's how a recession actually happens. Not the other way around. It's not called by the economists first. We're going to have a recession in the next quarter, next year, second quarter and next year, whatever it is. They're not calling a recession and they don't tell you how it works. So you'll learn it best in a place like this. They're only focused on whether or not the GDP is growing at a certain number. Again, I'll reiterate, it's bullshit. It's hard to believe these guys, these economists get paid for doing what? What do they actually do? other than write a report similar to the next economist. It's called Group Think. We got off the beaten track. Let's circle back to the Camp IWM people. They triggered their head and shoulders two days ago, and here they are in no man's land in between this breakup candle low, the beginning of no man's land, and here's a gap. So they're headed into this direction, 175 and change, 174, 174 and a half. Something in there is where you're likely to get a pretty decent bounce opportunity in Camp IWM. I'll go out on a limb and say if they continue down, 174.70 is pretty good for the next day or so. If they bounce up, then this gets off the table. We'll re-examine it later. Sooner than later, 174.70, 174 and a half in that camp. What about the folks down at the transportation department? 
finally melting down below the 100 period moving average. Rode it for a little while, broke it today. Last line of defense is the low from the other day, and that's the end of it. Had my eyeball for a while on 15,000. Now, in my book, they really have to come lower. That's a number out of the calculator. However, the 200 period moving average is right below. So somewhere in this zone, you're going to find bona fide support over in camp transports. Buttigieg's bunk. About the Qs, right below its 100 period moving average. Next line of defense is this pivot low down here. The low is 354.71. That will open the door. If you don't get a bull bear battle down there, that'll open the door for a little bit lower. But there's a lot of support coming up. 350, give or take. That's a big time place for the Q people. Financials finally gave up the ghost. Now it looks more like a bona fide lower high. You have a high. Then all of a sudden you have a lower high and here you go with a sell-off. You get below this moving average, last line of moving average defense, if you will. Look out below. This is a bear phase. One of the hardest things about these bear phases is sometimes they don't let you in in some of these moves. So the traders in the live room know exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for a rally after the Fed. I was looking for a number. If they got to the number, it was a stone cold short. They didn't do it. They just left me standing at the altar. Very difficult to short on the way down, shorting in the hole. That's why I discussed before waiting for some kind of a bull trap to short maybe closer to the underside of that neckline on the head and shoulders neckline on the S&P. Smash mouth, same routine as everything else, melting down. It basically got to this place today. There's a gap here. But if you start getting back below here, all of a sudden you're looking at 134, 133, 132 in this neighborhood. That's really the next spot. If they start getting into this area and start getting down, this moving average plus that area of the last breakout will be what we call an attractant to the market. And let me just explain that one more time. So here comes the market. Goes up here, gets rejected. Gaps up, spends all this time above. Once they come back here, whenever that occurs, that was the area that the market thought was important before. It'll think it's important again. And when you have the 200 period moving average right below, then you can say, well, they can certainly spike into that. But this general area, and we can even call it some kind of a box, that's going to be a zone of support if they get there anytime soon. They don't get there anytime soon and they bounce away and they come back later after building some more energy, then that changes things a little bit. But for now, this is the area. It's both magnetic and it will also repel the market, meaning be support, at least for a short period of time, few days, even a few weeks. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.